0: Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would guess that along with the parable of the prodigal son, this is probably right up there with one of the most known parables of Jesus' teaching, this story of the Good Samaritan. And it begins with this question from the lawyer, What must I do to inherit eternal life? and he's got several problems with his line of questioning uh, and it's evident right at the beginning as he asks well what must I do to inherit? well anybody that knows anything about inheritance you don't do anything it's just a free gift that somebody gives as a bequest to you out of their love and generosity and you don't do anything except receive so the lawyer starts off with a problem and is his line of thought that he wants to know well, what do I have to do to do this thing that nobody can do you just receive eternal life and he's gonna have another problem in his line of questioning as he asks well who is my neighbor which is where he's trying to figure out from Jesus in the answer that he's gonna give well who does this apply to And who can I ignore? Is really where he's going with his question. And when he asks about eternal life, Jesus says, well, what's written in the law? And the lawyer rightly answers, well, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, well, you're right. And both the Gospel passage and this section from Deuteronomy deal with the law. And in fact, Deuteronomy says, And if you follow the ways of the Lord, uh, here are the blessings that will await you, and my word is not too high, hard for you. And it seems that the statement is, Well, the message of the law seems pretty simple, and therefore should be pretty easy to do, Yet, throughout history, human beings have been really lousy at doing it. If it's so easy, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that we can't do it? Why are we not nailing this from the beginning of time? And so something in us seems to create a barrier towards living out what seems to be so simple and what seems to be so easy. And because of that predicament we find ourselves in, enter Jesus. And when we hear this parable of the prodigal son, I think as it ends and we hear go and do likewise, we're really quick to put ourselves in the story as the good Samaritan who's called to go and do likewise. But before we can do that, we miss a crucial step in this story, that because we cannot do what the law says is easy and seems so simple, Jesus comes among us. And so first and foremost, this image of the, of the, uh, the Good Samaritan is first and foremost a story about us and Jesus and then our call to go and do likewise. Because we need to first see ourselves as the one in the ditch in need of healing, in need of restoration, in need of saving and Jesus as the perfect good Samaritan who comes among us and tends to us, lifts us up, carries us off, binds our wounds. First and foremost, that happens. And this image of the Samaritan, Jesus is trying to make a stark contrast to the Jews who are hearing this because the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. And so the story is, you're dead on the side of the road, almost, and your biggest enemy comes and takes care of you. And it's a foreshadowing that we're to see Jesus as the one who was despised and rejected, who gave himself for us. And we have to start to ask ourselves, well, what do we think when our enemy comes to tend to us on the side of the road? And we may have enough animosity that we think, just leave me for dead. I'd rather be dead than have my enemy help me. But Jesus comes. And then we have this image of wine and oil being poured out. Images of Jesus' blood poured out for us, the spirit that will be given that comes upon us to anoint us. And he binds up the wounds and he brings the injured one to the inn. And the Samaritan does not say, Well, I'll spot you a day's hotel and on my way back through you can repay me. He just gives freely of himself in the care of the one in need. Which is what Jesus does for us. He cares for us. He raises us up. He heals us and restores us. Gives completely of himself, demanding nothing. No payment. And he's going to take care of all of our needs. And he says to the innkeeper, and if this is not sufficient, Whatever is owed, I will pay. And then there's a call for us to go and do likewise. But I think we can't go and do likewise just on our own strength. We go and do likewise recognizing what Jesus has done for us, and we go and do likewise anointed by the Spirit who lives in and through us. Because if we don't get this first step, otherwise Jesus could have come among us and said, try harder and be good. Well, that wasn't going to be sufficient. So Jesus gives us the example as he lays down his life. As he is the despised and rejected one who breaks down all barriers. And then says to us now, which is where the harder part kicks in, go and do likewise. Because it's easy to receive, but then the call is to go. And the hard part in this story is that we too, like the lawyer, like to ask, well who's my neighbor? Surely I'm only called to help the people who love me in return and think I'm wonderful and are so thankful for everything that I do and pay me back twofold. How do we feel when the story says, well, picture in your mind right now your biggest enemy. And you walk by them on the side of the road and the call of the gospel is you will give of yourself to tend to your biggest enemy who you're already thinking, well, they probably deserve that. They get what they're coming to them, uh, etc., etc., etc. And now we're called to tend to our enemy's need. To give of ourselves to the one who's spoken ill of us. The other, which is what this whole parable is about. And we're great, especially in these days, of creating lots of others. Plenty of us and them scenarios and us is against them to the death, there is nothing good on the other side at all and the us and them model says destroy the other one at all costs.
1: And then you have the
0: words of Jesus say, right, but if that one who you've called the other is injured, you've received mercy and love and grace go and do likewise. And we think, well, that's not such a fun gospel. (laughs) We'll jump up and down for our friends or family. The one who hurt me, I'm supposed to go because they're in need. But that is the good news of the message of the gospel, that we were the ones in need. And God came to us before we cared to find God before we were looking, God comes among us to be with us, to heal us. And so then who are we as people who have received to go forth and declare the other? Well, not really that neighbor. They're not deserving And this really calls us to take a look at the motivations of our hearts when we're acting towards another person. Now, having mercy and grace doesn't mean that everything the other person said about you was nice. It doesn't mean that the person that was your enemy has had good behavior. It just means we're supposed to be people of mercy and grace. And helping the one in need does not approve everything that they may have done towards you. But we're still supposed to, in the power of Christ, rise above that. To cast down these divisions, these otherness, looking for a loophole in the law of why, well, I don't have to help that person. I only have this short list of people who need mercy and grace. And then we're called to go and do that extravagantly, just like the Samaritans expecting nothing in return. And in fact, uh, the person who is, is our enemy and hates you after you do all these good things for them could still say, well, aren't they a jerk? I still don't like them. So be it. Right? We're, that's not why we're called to do an action is for their response. We're called to the action of Christ because Christ lives in us. And then what's supposed to happen is even the person who still thinks we're a jerk and may still be our enemy, in our actions, we are supposed to bear the image of Christ. And so what is not supposed to happen is that we get on the front page of the paper and say, look at the Good Samaritan. What's supposed to be seen, who is supposed to be seen is Jesus. And that in our sacrifice, in our love and mercy and grace, people see Jesus, not us. We're not supposed to be on the front page. He is. And thereby then people say, Oh, I want to know more about this one that motivates you like that. That they too could come and receive freely the love and mercy and grace of Christ and live in the presence of God for all eternity in His perfect love. That's the ultimate goal. It's all about Jesus. And that's why we need to see Him first in the parable. Recognize us in the ditch. And then He lifts us up from the ditch and says, you go to the next person. And as you go, bear my image. As you go, be my hands and feet and voice. And bind up the wounded. Break down the barriers. Be people of love and mercy and grace so that others may see me, not us. So today we celebrate and give thanks for what God has done for us in Jesus. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to open our hearts to see those places in need of transformation, that the divisions may be broken down, and that we might be people who bear the image, love, and mercy, and grace of Jesus to whoever we encounter, regardless of how they treat us, regardless of what they think of us, and regardless of what we can get in return. Let us pray. Most loving God, we give you thanks and praise again for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and his, for his work on our behalf and the ongoing work in our lives. May the Holy Spirit continue to change and transform us, that we might be witnesses of your radical love, going forth into the world, breaking down barriers, binding up wounds, and caring for those in need. And through it all, Lord, may it point to you. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory. And may you be praised, worshipped, and adored. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.